episode 223 of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. I, of course, am Eddie Cohn, host creator of the show, and thrilled you're here, thrilled you're listening, thrilled you're supporting the show. Remember, it's incredibly helpful to share the show with your friends, tweet out the show, tell your friends about it, write a review, all that stuff is incredibly helpful. So please, um, any support, I appreciate. You could buy my new book on Amazon, uh, SSAFY. I hope you're doing well. I'm feeling fantastic today. A slightly brisk, cool day in here, here in LA. It was probably a high of 58, but we had rain for a couple days. And whenever it rains in Los Angeles, the next day when it stopped raining, it's absolutely beautiful and clean and you can see the mountains and it's it's pretty glorious living out here, especially after the rain. And I've also just creatively been in such a zone with with my songs. I'm writing a bunch of new music and I've got a collection of about 15, 16 new songs that are slowly evolving out of the demo phase and, and sort of entering the real song phase. So it's it's exciting. Again, I I sort of talk about this a lot on my show, but you know, creativity. These songs probably won't see the light of day for minimum a year, possibly two years. Um, because that's just sadly how long it takes for me to create. Um I'm excited to share these songs once they finally um, reach completion. And, but I have been thinking a lot about the Kyrie incident that's been happening over the last few weeks. Some of you may know that I love basketball. Some of you may have no idea that I love basketball, but um, I'm a huge basketball fan. And if you don't know Kyrie Irving, actually it's been going on the last week. Kyrie Irving used to play for the Cavs. And of course I was thrilled that he hit a huge shot for the Cavaliers and the Cavaliers ended up winning a championship about five years ago. Um, and I've, I've become intrigued by the reaction that our society has um, responded with based on a tweet that he tweeted out about five, six days ago. And I think much to the point of my show, there's so many points here that are relevant. And I am so curious by the power of social media. You know, if if Kyrie Irving or Kanye West, if we want to go to the music world, if these people, I believe, didn't have this narcissistic tendency to spew their often vitriolic viewpoints, if they just sort of stayed in their lane and played basketball or did their job, and again, this is not a shut up and be a musician, shut up and play basketball position. Because I think, you know, we have these platforms. We all have the right to speak our mind. But I I do think there's this, once you become famous or get attention, you want more. And then the ego explodes. And then you think that everything that you have to say is worth being said. And I think social media creates this sort of stage where people are aware that they have a thousand or ten thousand or in Kyrie's case four or five million followers um, raises that ego raises the stakes 
They're going to start writing something beyond basketball, maybe something cultural, maybe something political, maybe something historical. And that's when it gets a little complicated, and that's when it gets messy. And that is what we have seen play out over the last five, six days. And it brings me back to this place of how much of our life and our society is reaction to social media. Imagine if it didn't exist. Imagine if the stories were just about, you know, the profession, the profession of basketball, just the music industry, not what all these people are saying on social media. It's like the main line of thinking or, or the main path is, is no longer relevant. Like the game of basketball is not as sexy or as interesting as what Kyrie Irving is going to say or what LeBron James is going to say. That's the story. In our culture, the news reporters, they're just waiting for one of these guys to say something um, ignorant, incendiary, uh, controversial, and it's bound to happen. <laughs> I mean, we wait long enough and we don't have to, we don't have to wait very long. Bam, it's going to happen. So we have that element going on. Because I think really, to me, what this is bringing up is, is the cultural shift towards what, where one thinks that everything they have to say is worth stating. And part of me, a very small part of me, will empathize with Kyrie because if you listen to him, I think clearly he's, he's reading about his history and, and the brutal history of this country, the brutal history that Native Americans have had to deal with, African Americans have had to deal with, the Jewish culture. I mean, if you really think about the history of the United States, the world, it is pretty brutal. And it, I get the sense Kyrie over the last five years has been doing a lot of reading and a lot of reflecting. And I think he's having a hard time coming to terms with the history of our country and the violence of our country. So, you know, on the one hand, I can empathize with that and I can understand where he's coming from. There's certain areas that we potentially shouldn't be talking about in public. And I question, look, I've questioned the point of my podcast. Does it make sense to talk about cultural areas? I mean, everybody seems to be doing it. There's, some, there's millions of podcasts. Everybody's talking. Um, everybody's sharing their viewpoints. Is it really a good idea? So the other area that is connected with um, this last week with Kyrie Irving is this idea of apologizing and how hard that is for people, especially egomaniacal people. But it feels like it's harder now more than ever to apologize. And I think that's a pretty troublesome um, potentially dangerous place to be. Like, I'd like to think that we're all pretty forgiving, although what Kyrie did, I think, is pretty, um, I don't want to say unforgivable, but if you're posting a link to a documentary that, these, these aren't anti-Semitic tropes, but these are, in this documentary, they're saying that the Holocaust didn't exist, 
And that is so incredibly dangerous. I've talked, Paul, I made a point about apology, but before I even get there, I think also we don't realize the effects that our words have and posting on social media has. Like Kyrie Irving, when you're insulated and so egomaniacal, are you aware of the power of your words? Are you aware of by posting that on your platform, the ripple effect that that's going to have on our culture? Because apparently that documentary now is, is like more, it, the, the purchasing of that documentary has skyrocketed on Amazon because people are talking about it, because Kyrie Irving posted it. And I think that's sort of another important point. And I bring it up a lot on, on the show. All these little vacuums, these, these rabbit holes that people are going down are being amplified nonstop. I mean, Mary and Jane down the street, God only knows what rabbit hole they're going down. And then Kyrie Irving created a whole other rabbit hole of anti-Semitism by posting what he posted a week ago. So five or four million of his followers, I mean, I don't know, maybe 5% of them go to Amazon and check out this, this documentary that he's writing about or, or posting about. And then how many of those people are then going to get influenced and start thinking that, oh, maybe uh, the Holocaust never happened? I mean, all of this is just a major, uh, it's an avalanche that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think it's the reason why our culture feels so chaotic. And we have these, these uh, little firestorms happening everywhere. Now, I do think one way to put them out is to just simply apologize and to say, I'm sorry. And back to my point about from a few moments ago, that is so challenging for people to do. I, I think back to when Draymond Green, another basketball player, was caught on video about a month ago punching with great force one of his teammates in practice. And oddly, now again, I realize mano a mano, male energy in practice, I get the sense that probably a lot of fights are happening in practice, and we don't see them because... Uh, they're not on videotape. But this was caught on tape. Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole in the face. Draymond, in his quote-unquote apology, idiotically says, well, you know, um, the way it was edited makes it seem worse than it actually was, or, you know, it wasn't in context. And it's sort of like, are you insane? And then he's not suspended. Uh, the Golden State Warriors don't suspend them in any way. The strange combination of our culture where it's like people can sort of do whatever they want, and the people that are doing these, these I don't want to say nefarious, but, but um, offensive acts or posting offensive material on Twitter, they're not apologizing. And it's, it's, I just watched Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross um, a couple of days ago, and Jack Lemon, he steals some, some real estate leads. He doesn't apologize, he get, but, but he gets in trouble and he's going to lose his job. It's just, it's so easy. It used to be so easy. You do something wrong, you get in trouble, you pay a fine, you lose your job, you apologize, and then that's it. But nowadays it's, well, 
you know, we've got to be careful because maybe, you know, he's a man or she's a woman or maybe he's a certain ethnicity or, you know, it was on Twitter. Um, you know, there's so many variables here that, that it's, and everybody needs to be so careful because, you know, there could be backlash. It's because it's all, everything's out in the open now. It's, it's really um, bizarre. It's, it's truly bizarre what's going on. And, and how do, now it's sort of, I say to myself, well, no wonder there's so much chaos. Let me play this clip. Uh, Bill, actually, I'm going to play a clip from, yeah, I'll play a clip from the Bill Maher podcast first. Then I'm going to play one from the Bill Simmons podcast. What I'm asking about is, have our brains been rewired, <laughs> mostly by technology, to where we really can't absorb information anymore? And nobody, I could sit here tonight and say, the election is in 11 days, you've got to get out there and vote. And yes, I will say that it won't change anybody's minds. It won't change anything. People are going to do what they've already decided they're going to do and what they all see on their own phones based on their own algorithms. Hmm. Well, I'm going to leave it to you, Val, to give the... Well. Obviously, and I, I want to try and correlate this to what I'm talking about. Obviously, I agree with him, but I, I do think the point is is that it feels like it's harder now than ever for people to apologize and for people to change. And I think in order to be able to change, you need to have empathy for other people. For Kyrie Irving to come to terms with the fact that what he tweeted out may have been destructive, he needs to think about somebody else but himself. For people to change politically, to change their viewpoints, they need to think about how their vote may affect others, or they may need to think about their neighbor or think about others. And there's this really terrible shift happening. At least it feels that way where... um, more and more people are incapable of thinking about others. And I think it's, it's this, this to, to Bill Maher's point, it's the shift created by technology. It, it creates more stakes. It creates a stage where people can be on a platform and you know, share their viewpoints to all their followers. Um, they're addicted to the dopamine. They're addicted to the attention. Consequences don't matter. I mean, this, this Kyrie Irving story, it's all laid out right there. It's, it's summing up societal's problems all in a nutshell. And then what's really scary is if you go on Twitter right now, you'll find hundreds of thousands of people that actually support Kyrie Irving. I was listening to Jason Whitlock talk on Meg, the Megyn Kelly show. I like Megyn Kelly. Um, Jason Whitlock, I have a hard time really liking anymore. But he actually thinks, Jason, that this is all this story with Kyrie Irving is all beca- it's all anti-vax related. Like he doesn't think what Kyrie Irving is a big deal. He says he watched about 85 minutes of the documentary. He didn't find anything anti-Semitic in it in his mind, and that this is all um, the anti the pharmaceutical companies going after Kyrie Irving because he was anti-vax. That is absolutely insane. His anti-vaxxing stance has nothing to do with him posting about an anti-Semitic documentary. But again, the symbolism here or the cultural phenomenon that is happening is we are incapable of separating 
one thing from the other. We're lumping things together. We're incapable of changing our minds. We're incapable of being empathetic. It's all there in this Kyrie Irving story. And I want to play a clip from the Bill Simmons podcast. I'm absolutely loving Bill Simmons' podcasts lately. I'm going to talk a little bit about it in another episode, but this touches, he's talking to Raja Bell and they're talking about the Kyrie Irving incident, but they're talking about this idea of chaos. And if people aren't held accountable for their actions, you're going to find yourselves in a chaotic dumpster fire of a society. And I think that's what was so troublesome to me when I saw that Draymond Green is punching somebody on video and he's not held accountable. What is the messaging? What is the message to our society? Because it feels like people can sort of just do whatever they want now. That's, that's scary to think about. Let me play you this clip. In, you know, different coverages because you have people that are, you know, have different skill sets. And so it, it would be hard for me to see if someone was really growing in that environment just because... There's been so much instability. And I really believe, and I don't know if Steve was culpable or not, and so if he was, I guess this falls at his feet too. But I'll say it again. If, if you don't take control as an organization and, and put real parameters in place and make sure that people understand what's expected of them and what will be allowed to happen, and if this line is crossed, this, these are the ramifications. If you're not going to do that, you're going to have chaos. And they've, they allowed chaos to... To, to thrive in Brooklyn. And if Steve, he's my guy, love him to death. If he was making some of those calls to let people off the hook and not hold them accountable, then I guess, you know, he's culpable in that regard too. But I just know as a whole, that was a shit show. Two things need to happen in our society. People need to be held accountable, but we need to be comfortable apologizing. And here's, here's a very important point. You may not be aware that you're hurting somebody's feelings. Like your intent, Kyrie Irving's intent when he posted that tweet, we'll never know. But I'd like to think he didn't want to hurt people's feelings. You know, I go about my day. I don't want to hurt people's feelings. A few, like a week ago, a friend of mine messaged me on Instagram. And this is probably a terrible analogy, but I'll, I'll share the story anyway. Um, he messaged me saying that, He's having a going. Um, he's moving to France, but they also sold their house, so they're having a uh, house colding party. I guess that's a play on words of housewarming party since they're leaving. And I couldn't make it, and I said to him something along the lines like, "I'm sorry, I can't make it, um, but I I want to see you before you go. You know, seeing you is obviously more important than seeing your house." And that's what I wrote on Instagram and, you know, on, in a message. And I didn't mean any disrespect to his house, but my point was, is that, you know, seeing him is more important than christening or celebrating um, the home. And he wrote back to me saying, um, you know, it was kind of a big deal leaving here because we've lived here our, our whole time here in Los Angeles, but I, I understand. And I, I could just tell by the tone uh, by the tonality in the message, that I possibly may have offended him or 
uh, hurt his feelings. So I apologized and said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to be disrespectful to your home. My only point was, is that obviously it's more important to me to be able to see you than to uh, um, spend time in your house. I forgot what I said, but I I made sure to make the point that um, I just wanted to be sure to see him. And like, that was, that was the priority, but I kind of made me messed up and I apologized. And I think we go about our day and we may not know that we're pissing somebody off or hurting somebody's feelings because we're never going to see that person again. But I think it's really important, A, to speak, if, if you're friends with somebody and they hurt your feelings, I think it's important to say something. You don't need to say it all the time. You need to pick and choose, but I think it's important to say, hey, you know, what you did really uh, hurt my feelings. And then if you hear that, you need to apologize. You need to, you don't, you shouldn't be like Kyrie Irving and get defensive and not take responsibility, not be able to apologize. I'm not saying that Kyrie Irving needs to apologize to the 500,000 people that he potentially may have offended in his Twitter feed, but if the reaction to your post or the reaction to your action is not what you intended and you're hurting people's feelings, I think it's important to apologize. Let me play you this clip now of Kyrie Irving uh, from about a week ago. And let me ask you the question, does it sound like he's taking responsibility? And to follow up on the promotion of the movie and the book. Can you please stop calling it a promotion? What am I promoting? Put it out on your platform. But I'm promoting it? Do you see me doing, do you see Fine, me in front of the Putting it out there, the people title? are going to say that you are yeah, promoting. Yeah, put it out there, just like you put things out there, right? Yeah, but I... Okay, I, it's not you put stuff. things out there for a living, right? Right, but my great, stuff great. is not so let's move on. filled let's with anti-Semitic Let's stuff. move on. Don't dehumanize me up here. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing I'm that. You're free to being. post I can what, post whatever I want, so say that and shut it down and move on to the next question. But Kyrie, you have to understand that by... I don't have post- to understand anything from you. But, but, it's not me. Nothing. By it's no people that you're making did. up, bro. Move on. But by posting move what on. you Next question. Anybody is going to look any more at questions it, and they're going to say, you guys have any more questions? This is, going to be a clip. this is going to be a clip that he's going to marvel at. Is this any more questions? But you're not answering the question. So um, does he sound like somebody who's willing to take any sort of responsibility for his words or his actions? Because then even a few days later, um, they ask him about apologizing and he can't say it. He finally says, I'm sorry, I think like a day or two after that. Um, but it takes like five, six days for him to get there. And again, if you post something on social media, you got millions of followers, it raises the stakes. You look bad. If you do something that, that ends up having a reaction that you weren't expecting, then you have to take it down or you have to apologize and you may, you know, your ego may be hurt a little bit. Because uh, that's that's the world we live in. Everybody wants to look the best and feel the best and be right and be the most knowledgeable. Um, and that's Kyrie Irving. And that's that's millions of people that keep growing and developing in our culture. These social media platforms are breeding narcissists everywhere. And I, I just, I feel it. I am amazed at how people are just nonstop talking about themselves. It's very rare that I see people asking questions 
about me or asking questions about others. It is a very myopic, me-first, talk-about-myself world. And I don't think it used to be this way. I think there was a certain level of empathy, care, an ability to listen to others, ask questions, be curious. Um, it's just, it's shifted. It's changed. And, and I, I believe these social media platforms are, are creating this, this very bizarre, um, toxic, self-absorbed world. And I think we need to be really hyper-aware of what, what they're doing to our, our senses, our, our sense of, beyond the five senses of our body, just our sense of curiosity, our, our ability to listen and to care, to apologize. I'm going to read just a couple articles for you, and then I'll let you go. This is from Jesse Washington from Andscape. This is great. His behavior is no longer quirky, eccentric, or even bizarre. It's dangerous. On Saturday night, Brooklyn, no- Brooklyn Nets guard Irving refused all accountability for posting a link to a movie and book that spreads vicious lies about Jewish people. Instead of apologizing or just avoiding the question, he became combative and defiant. Then came the scariest statement Irving has made to date. I'm only going to get stronger because I'm not alone. I have a whole army around me, he said. This warlike imagery comes almost four years to the day after Jewish people were killed by a gunman who invaded the Tree of Life synagogue in Pittsburgh. No, Irving did not explicitly call for violence and has said nothing to indicate he would go that far. He doesn't have to. There are too many disturbed people out there who are willing to kill, who consider themselves foot soldiers in an army fighting threats that exist only in their own twisted minds. By posting a link to a book that falsely paints Jewish people as the enemy, Irving could be giving ammunition to the next killer. And even without bloodshed, all of society suffers when prominent people encourage the falsehood that one group, just because of its ancestry, is inherently sinister or dangerous. We as black people should know that better than anyone. Posting a link to this type of material does harm people. It reinforces an ancient ignorance that continues to inflict misery on countless people today. Just ask the Jewish kids who endure taunts about the Holocaust in school or the Jewish families whose homes have been defaced with swastikas. See, that's the thing. It's it's like... You know, I've, I've sort of, I don't want to say I've mimicked or joked about how words are violence, because yes, it's very clear. Words are not the same as pulling out a gun and shooting somebody, but words lead to violence. Posting this type of material leads to people reading about this book that Kyrie is posting about, which then can encourage violence. I'm not anti-free speech. I just think when we allow anybody to say anything, 
And when these people have millions of followers, we have to be really careful. We have to be careful who we're listening to. We have to be really careful who we are allowing to say whatever they want. And this probably could have been, even if Kyrie would have posted that on Twitter and his handler, his handlers would have said something like, you know, Kyrie, that link to that movie is, is probably going to piss off some people. Um, you should probably take it down and you should just apologize. And it's funny, but if he would have done that the next day, this would be a non-story. But instead, he's um, stubborn, bullheaded, and refused to take it down, refused to apologize, and now he's suspended and he's no longer playing for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, so many of our problems, I think, can be avoided or alleviated if, if the ego is um, in check and people relent and just apologize and say, God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. That was not my intent. I've been reading this material or I've been very curious about this. I thought other people would be interested in it. I didn't realize it was going to be offensive. I didn't realize that, you know, my comment to you on Instagram hurt your feelings. Sorry, you took it the wrong way. I apologize. Boy, that, that was easy, right? I, I mean, I would think it's easy, but it's 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 in this egomaniacal world of ours. Sadly, it's not. I'm going to read a piece from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's a fantastic writer. His inability to understand why his posts are news can be seen in this statement. Quote, there's things being posted every day. I'm no different from the next human being, so don't treat me any different. You guys come in here and make up this powerful influence that I have and say you cannot post that. Why not? Why not? Uh, end quote. If he really thinks someone with millions of followers spouting hate speech is the same as Jim in accounting posting on Facebook, then he really is out of step with reality. Honestly, there's little hope that he will change because he's insulated by fame and money and surrounded by yes people. There is no motivation to learn how to distinguish propaganda from facts. All that's left is for the world to decide how it should respond to him. You know, we all want to be thought of as equals. And Kyrie Irving is saying, you know, he's no different than anybody else. But sadly, for better, for worse, you know, he is different. His skill in basketball has allowed him to create a huge following. People really admire the way that he plays basketball. And, but then it, it sort of blossoms and extends out from just basketball. Kyrie Irving, I think, much like a lot of people, wants to get more attention. He wants to be looked at probably not just as a basketball player. He wants to be thought of as a thinker, a free thinker, a leader, a philosopher. Um, but he's incredibly naive to think that his platform 
doesn't have more of an impact on the world than Jim or John, as Kareem says, work uh, as Jim and John who may work in accounting at Taco Bell. Um, we, I think, foolishly lionize actors and sports athletes, and I think they need to be trained um, on a bit of responsibility, being more responsible in their tweets and the way they communicate, because. You know, you post an anti-Semitic, a link to an anti-Semitic film to 5 million people. What is the ripple effect on our society? It's, it's scary to think about. But I think that type of behavior is going on every day. I mean, you know, it's great to think that we can all go on YouTube and learn a new craft. But what other bizarre, strange, potentially toxic and destructive rabbit holes are these platforms leading us down? What destructive platform or rabbit hole is Kyrie Irving leading millions of people down? You know, uh, Twitter takes Donald Trump off of Twitter. Um, I mean, should they take Kyrie Irving off? Anybody that's posting any sort of anti-Semitic trope or or um, a link to a anti-Semitic movie or TV show, shouldn't they be taken off of Twitter? Should Jeff Bezos... Uh, be forced to take this this movie and documentary off of Amazon. I mean, let's let's be real. Yeah, I, I think there's there's something to be said there. Are we being hypocritical? Kyrie Irving is getting um, ostracized, but you know, shouldn't Amazon be getting ostracized also because they're allowing this piece of um, filth to be sold on their platform? It's, it's so complicated. And again, if if Kyrie Irving didn't have this insatiable urge to post to his millions of followers, this never would have happened. Or if he still posted it, if he just would have apologized, this never would have happened. So what's the lesson here? I think, you know, back to my very original point, I think it's really important to be able to feel comfortable to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I screwed up. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. That was not my intent. That has to be easy to say, or at least easier. I know it's not always easy to say I'm sorry, but we need to somehow make that uh, those words easier to say. I'll leave you with that for this week. I apologize for not posting as many podcasts lately. I've I've just felt more. Um, call to to write music, and I do want to get back into writing, just more narrative, uh, freestyle type of prose. Um, so I'm just really, um, my time is very limited right now. So, uh, but I'll be back. I have another podcast topic that I do want to touch on in the next couple weeks. Uh, but for now, I'll leave you with that. You know where to find me on social at Eddie Cohn, all my music on Spotify. You can find the book on Amazon. It's uh, called SSAFY, Sexy Spiritual AF Yoga. Any questions, you know where to find me. Again, please write a review on iTunes, share the show with your friends, and I'll speak to you soon. As always, thanks so much for listening, supporting, and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast.